Hi there. Thank you for connecting with me and subscribing to the Living the Sky Life podcast. I'm a very tired and oftentimes overwhelmed autism warrior mom who has navigated the ups and downs of this puzzling disorder for 16 years and counting. My hope when creating this podcast was that it would serve as a vessel for connecting families with special needs children so we may share experiences and resources. But even more importantly, I want to create a community of support for one another through the tough times, which we know there can be many, and to celebrate the achievement of milestones, big and small, of our amazing kids. So thanks again for joining me on this journey and for tuning in for this episode of Living the Sky Life. I've been having a lot of discussions as of late with my 15-year-old neurotypical daughter, Kendall, around the topics of growing up the sibling of a severe autistic brother, and also mental health. The past few years have really brought about a lot of anxiety and depression, and it's all surfaced for Kendall. And she's open enough to talk about this on the podcast. I was really thrilled and and so proud of her that she came to me and said that she would like to do an episode with me just talking about all the things that she's experienced growing up um, and also currently with all of her mental health concerns and that kids maybe aren't speaking out to their parents about everything that they're going through. COVID certainly isn't helping. Um, I'm just really proud of Kendall for seeking out therapy and doing her very best to to communicate with her uh, bonus dad and myself all of the things that she's going through. And so she's not suffering in silence anymore. So um, I'm really proud of her and I'm thrilled to present my conversation with Kendall. Today's guest on the podcast is very special to me. Um, I've been wanting to have my daughter Kendall on for quite some time, Um, but I think it really took some time to really formulate what she wanted to say and what she was willing to talk about. So we kind of developed some some questions that we're going to discuss uh, just about being the sibling of a severely autistic um, brother and what her perspective is like. So I'm excited to kick off the first episode of season two of Living the Sky Life with my daughter, Kendall. So welcome to the podcast, Kendall. Howdy. (laughs) So, you know, obviously, um, for those of you that have read my book, Uh, Welcome to My Life that came out in June of this year. Um, I talk a little bit in a chapter about having a neurotypical child in addition to my son, Skylar, who is severe on the spectrum. And I did a lot of, um, I asked Kendall some questions before I wrote that chapter, but a lot of it was just my perception and the way that I assumed things are for her of being, um, the sibling of someone who really can't relate to her, play with her, communicate with her. Um, so, you know, I really wanted to get her perspective. So one of the things, Kendall, that I would love to know, and I'm sure listeners who have kids that are um, neurotypical as well as on the spectrum, is what it was like growing up with your only sibling being severe on the spectrum. He's nonverbal and physically unable to kind of keep up with you even since childhood. Um, So, you know, what are your thoughts on that? I mean, did you compare yourself to other kids that you were friends with or... Just what was that like to deal with? I mean, when I was little and until pretty recently, I kind of just thought of it as normal 
Mm -hmm. And it wasn't really a big deal for me. And now that I'm older, I can look back and realize that it's not common and it's very different from what a lot of people my age had to deal with, especially how bad he is. Because a lot of people that I know who have siblings really aren't, I mean, they're still verbal, they can still probably get a job and they're mm -hmm. better off. And it was just kind of difficult to, uh, as I'm older, I've developed a lot of anxiety because of how loud the house is, <laughs> and truly. <laughs> and so loud noises do scare me because it just reminds me, I guess, of home maybe. Yeah. And Well, I want to get into some of that too, because I think it's a hugely important topic that I don't know if a lot of kids confide in their parents or tell them that they're going through some, you know, just some mental health issues. Um, so I really want to devote some time to that. Um, but just kind of go going back a little bit still with your childhood. Um, I mean, I can't recall any friends that we have that have special needs children. Can you think of any, I mean, anyone that you're friends with? I don't believe that we, anyone else that you are in school with or grew up with had experiences like you, um, of having to help me out when I was single and like, yeah. you know, I'd yell, can you grab me a pull up yeah. or can you help me? And I yeah. hated doing that. I hated yeah. asking for your help, really but and I needed you. And, um, just, well, a couple, say like a month or two ago, I did Google, um, support groups and they're, the first one that I found was the major one was just for scholarships because Skylar is a very expensive child, <laughs> even though insurance does cover a lot of it and which doesn't really help. And then another one, but it was like the photo that went with it was them hugging. And I was like, it's not the situation I'm in. It's not like it's just, he's awkward, socially awkward. And no, he's, he can't communicate violent. with you. <laughs> he's not violent. I, I don't know that I would label him violent. I, but I mean, I guess that's your pers your perspective, and I and I should honor that. I mean, he has pulled your hair a lot, a lot. growing up. Um, yeah, I mean, clearly you've read the book, and and I I do talk about how traumatizing it probably was for you as a young child when he would come at you and rip chunks of hair out of your head. Yeah. Before yeah. I would <laughs> keep you guys separated yeah. at all times, um, and he still gets you now. Still kind of is, and I yeah. know he does his drive bys and. <laughs> walks by and pulls on your hair like he does mine. Mm -hmm. So I know that that, that totally stinks. Um, yeah. yeah, it's frustrating. I mean, even driving in the car, we have to be very strategic about where he's placed. If you're in the passenger seat up front, or even if you're next to him um, in the back seat, we really can't go a lot of places because he'll either pull my hair out of my head or yours if I sit in the back with him. So, mm -hmm. um, you know, that's just a challenge. Just one of the many things that I think a lot of people your age uh, that don't have a special needs sibling can, they just cannot relate to at all. Mm -hmm. Is that hard because you don't have anyone to relate to in these, there are no support groups that I there, know of, like you said. And that's what sucks. Yes. Yeah. I mean, if, if I was going to have like any situation, it, I'd like it to be one that I could relate to or find a support group with because even if it still sucks, at least I'm not alone, <laughs> but I'm kind of alone in this and I didn't really know how to, I had to kind of come up with my own ways to cope with it mm -hmm. and just kind of counsel myself through it Yeah, because I didn't have anybody else to really help me. Because yeah. I mean, you didn't know really, you can't know and it's just, 
definitely well, made me stronger as a person though and I'd be willing to help anybody who goes through what I do but again yeah. it's just so rare I've yet to run into anybody who's in this strange as a position as I am mm -hmm. maybe you need to start a support group yeah I've been thinking about it actually yeah. but I don't know how I'd well I've met some other people who are um, a little bit older than you they're college age um, who also have siblings um, on this on the spectrum or are just um, other special needs that all also want to do the same thing so I mean I definitely think we should connect you to them and you guys start something I'm sure that there are plenty of people listening that would love that for their neurotypical children to have a place to go mm -hmm. online a, you know a Facebook group or whatever of course then you'd have to join Facebook which you're highly I against I didn't say I was <laughs> against it I mean I have Instagram I could start a page on there but I don't post I'm worried about that so well I mean one of the things you you mentioned a minute ago and you've granted me permission to to talk about is you know your recent diagnosis of anxiety and depression um, and how much therapy has truly helped you so I'm, I'm so grateful that we found your therapist and that you you know willingly go and and can talk openly to her about your feelings about me and your brother and anything that's going on in your life um, how important do you think that therapy has been for you I mean therapy has been more for like depression and a little bit of anxiety but Again, Joy can't really help me with this because I don't really know if she's ever seen this before. Mm -hmm. and, and it's helped me a lot with my issues with like divorce and other family uh, situations. But a lot of it's just, it's been with that. Not mm -hmm. as like talking about this as much. Yeah. 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 You've been through a lot. I mean, uh -huh. you know, with divorce, you were three and then you know, having a brother like you have that cannot relate to you in any way, any way, shape or form. Um, so it, it's a lot. Do you think that, I know that the autism plays a large role in your anxieties, like you've mentioned, the noise, the banging, the hitting and all of that. It didn't seem to present itself like it didn't, I didn't see any um, physical presentation of you, of that upsetting you years and years ago. Is that something you think that maybe just came on with age or? Yeah, that with like a lot of things, things just tend to catch up to me when I least expect it and they build up without me knowing and then mm -hmm. it just hits me and breaks me. Like happened like 12 is when everything hit really hard and then 14 is when the anxiety like really took its, yeah. Puberty doesn't help. That, that definitely yeah. adds a layer of. <laughs> Hormones and everything doesn't yeah. help either. Yeah. It's, that, I mean adds a whole nother layer. So um, are, have you been able to, through therapy, um, kind of talk through which pieces make you angry and that are autism related and other, because it's all the anxiety and depression isn't caused 100% by the autism, is it? No, no, okay. I've got other stuff to deal with. <laughs> Just teenage stuff. And I'm sure your parents, you're annoyed with us too. <laughs> yeah, I don't think it gave me depression necessarily. But yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I, I'm really glad that you are open and you talk to us about when you're feeling down or you're having, you know, really depressed days and you're, you know, struggling. Um, I, I mean, I'm, I'm so grateful that you're open. Um, I'm also super grateful that your depression doesn't keep you in bed and doesn't keep you from interacting. You know, you're an excellent student and you love school and 
you know, just not maybe going to school, but like the, <laughs> the yeah, courses and the learning and the, you're a really, really good student. So yeah. I love that you have that outlet. Um, and, you know, I yeah. know that obviously I know all these things, but that you're, you love to read and do you feel like um, some of, the, I mean, you read so much, but um, <laughs> that you kind of can lose yourself in reading? I mean, escape every, kind of your every now and then. And I do, I think constantly, like I'm never, the only time I'm not thinking is when I'm asleep. I think you got that from me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it is hard to concentrate on a book sometimes because I'm worried about things or thinking about certain things or if I'm reading and then I read something that reminds me of something and then I just can't read. And also I can't just sit and read a book for hours. I have to get up and pace. Mm -hmm. Pacing is how I cope with every thing. Yes, we know. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. And what's funny, I mean, it, it is funny because I've told you this, that um, your pacing gives me anxiety <laughs> because, you know, when we're talking pacing, um, um, it's we, hours a day, we're usually. talking a lot and it's circles, constant circles Counting in her room circles. or around like our kitchen cow or um, our kitchen island, or mm -hmm. it's just constant, mm -hmm. constant, constant circling. And I can take it for a little while and then that gives me anxiety. <laughs> yeah. Our whole house is kind of on edge. But, it is um, on edge. We're all of different triggers and we trigger each other. So uh, I think like so. The, I think we're still trying to figure out what our triggers all are. But it, does, um, it helps me think and work through issues. And that's how I've come to conclusions about what certain things bother me. It's just working through it, pacing. Mm -hmm. So, Have you tried, we've talked before about journaling like your feelings about your brother or about anything just writing stuff down have you tried bit, that but Did it that doesn't not help? really seem to help it just okay. kind of makes me think about it more mm -hmm. and then i have to pace and just think through it so that's what helps me really is just pacing and working through everything and then i usually get through it and figure it out well in the book i mentioned um and i didn't run this by you it was just because it was all based on kind of my perception so mm -hmm. i note in there about um just from from the outside looking in, to me, it seems like, you know, I've been blessed because you are an amazing child. You've always been a very easy kid to raise. You, you never cause us any problems. But, you know, part of me started thinking, I wonder if you subconsciously or consciously try to be the perfect child because so much of our attention and time has to be spent on your brother's every single need and that you know i just assume that in many ways you think well as long as i get straight a's as long as i you know keep my room clean as long as i you know don't talk back and i do what i'm supposed to do they won't have to worry about me because they already worry enough about my brother is that fair or is am i kind of reaching I don't think that's why I think I'm just a good child like I mean I really <laughs> I am never, dying right now I've never really thought about like making life easier for you I mean I don't want to make life harder for you but I don't think that's why I'm doing it I think it's just because I'm terrified of breaking I'm a, I'm a you're a rule I don't, follower I don't break rules very often and I'm, I'm just I'm a, I don't know that's just who I am I think mm -hmm. and you did raise me to you know be a good child. So. Well, thank you. I at least did something right. <laughs> yeah, hopefully I'm raising Skylar right too, but I'll never but a know. A lot of the stress and anxiety to be perfect isn't to do have anything to do with Skylar. It's because of other situations that I've been in that mm -hmm. have kind of forced me to be a perfectionist and try not to make mistakes. 
I think I, I assume that though, because, you know, you've always been, um, so hard on yourself. I mean, you're just, even from childhood, you've been that way when you played soccer, if you, it, when you golfed, what any sport you tried or anything that you've done, if you weren't like exceptional at it from day one, if you didn't hit that golf ball, you know, 200 yards, the very first time you ever picked up a golf club and hit the ball, you were like, I suck at this. I'm quitting. <laughs> and you, you know, you want to quit everything from the very beginning because you're not the best at it or I don't know. So I just assume that if you can't be perfect at something that you're like, I don't want to do it. And, you know, everyone who knows me and follows my life knows that, you know, you were a competitive dancer for many years mm -hmm. um, and you were so good. I mean, anyone who watches a video of you knows that you were very good. But again, to hear you, you, you would come off stage or you would come home from a competition or something and say, you know, we got second because of me. I fell out of a turn. I did yeah. this. You assume the blame for an entire team of 12 girls that you're just so hard on yourself. And I, I just have to think that some of that did come from just, you know, having a, a sibling that we also can't, you know, for example, go to like Skyler's baseball games or something yeah. and he's doing something. So all the focus on the outside activities and the athleticism and things like that are on you because you're the only child yeah. that we have that can do any of those things. Yeah. I'm aware that I'm the only one that's going to get to drive or go to, you're going to take me to college or whatever. Mm -hmm. But I feel like if I didn't want to go to college, I wouldn't, I wouldn't do it just to make, you know, you happy. I, mm -hmm. do, I do what makes me happy and I don't really care. <laughs> well, <laughs> and I okay. don't really care. I do care a little bit, but <laughs> No, a lot of it's again like a different situ situations mm -hmm. that have kind of caused the anxiety and perfectionism because of judgment that I'm afraid of. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't necessarily him; it was more of just other things I couldn't control. Yeah. Well, can you explain a little bit of? Um, and again, these are just personal things I think for you, and I, I wouldn't say that every neurotypical child in a family with a special needs child you know, it's the exact same cookie cutter version, just like our kids on the spectrum aren't the same. But, you know, you've often said to me when I've said, you know, especially during quarantine when things are starting to open up or whatever, like if you want to have a friend or two over to swim or whatever, you always say, I, I don't, I don't want anybody here. I just don't want anybody at my house, mm -hmm. which crushes me because, you know, I grew up in a house where I didn't want anyone there because my dad was obnoxious and yeah. would embarrass me in front of all of my friends. But, you know, Josh and I, I think are fun and everyone laughs at yeah. us. I mean, like we have a good time here. And it, so I, I don't understand that. I'm just weird about it. It's just kind of me, but also just kind of the same reason you didn't want friends over just because it's just chaotic. And I don't really want people to really live my life basically. Mm -hmm. And I don't know. It's just, I mean, are you embarrassed of your brother? You can I'm say that if you are. But I'm just like, I don't know. Even I think even if I didn't have him, it'd be, I'd still be kind of awkward because I'm just anxious about everything. And I just am weird about people in my house and in my room. And I just, you know, I've talked to Joy about it a little yeah. bit. And I don't know. It's just me. Yeah. I think. 
again, I just, I, mean, I did when I was little, I did have a lot of sleepovers for my birthday. I know stuff. you did. And now I'm like, and you always warned everybody that your brother had the autism. Yeah. And, and so they should them. stare yeah. clear of their hair getting pulled. That is kind of a, you know, a weird thing. None of them cared. No one else had to be warned that there was danger in the house. Well, they didn't really so. need to be warned. They could care less. Yeah. Little kids don't have a clue. Yeah. And they all, and I always loved, you know, all of the little girls that you were friends with growing up, they all at your Christmas programs and all your stuff, we'd always have Skylar there and yeah. they would run up to him and hi Skylar, yeah. all these little girls. And he probably thought he was the king of <laughs> the ladies he man. He does think that though. <laughs> like any babysitter he has, he's like, that's a young girl. He's just. He is 17, man. Like he's, he's got, we, yeah. <laughs> he definitely. He is neurotypical in some ways, certainly. <laughs> yeah. He knows what an attractive girl looks like. Um, so, you know, I guess kind of steering away a little bit from the autism. So tell us a little bit about you. I mean, tell everybody what you're into. I know we talked about you like to read and, um, you know, what subjects at school do you like? What's your, what's your future for yourself? What do you think you want to do? And Oh, boy. There's so much I want to do. Um, I definitely want to get into vet school. That's, like, my main goal. Like, if I don't get anywhere else, that's where I want to be. It's priority number one. But I also just, I like to help people. Like, I've always, I kind of just have this drive, like this weird urge to help people. And I want everybody to be okay. How do you foresee that? You mean, like, volunteering or how, helping people how? I'm not sure. Mm -hmm. I do, like, when I'm pacing, I think about a lot of things I could do. But it's not really clear. I just kind of, when it happens, it happens. Mm -hmm. And I do love animals. That's always been, I'm interested mm -hmm. in changes. I've gotten older, certainly, but that's been the old, always what I'm into. Mm -hmm. And I love medicine and I like, I want to be a doctor. And so I was like, all right. Combine the two. <laughs> I often wondered to myself, like, does she want to be a vet because the animals won't talk back to her and she doesn't have to deal well, with I really don't like kids. Like, I mean, they're <laughs> oh, not God, like not awful, but they don't like me either. So it's just like, I don't really want kids of my own. I know. I know you disagree, and that's like the worst thing ever, but that's I don't. crushing to me. I'm sorry. For obvious reasons. I told you before, like, if I don't want to do it, I'm not going to do it. <laughs> well, you're 15, so we've got some time. Uh, I'm you may change your mind. I don't know. Uh, well, that's interesting. I mean, I love hearing that you want to help people. I mean, I would like to think that a lot of your, you know, big heart and your empathy and all of that comes from just kind of being in a family yeah. with someone who needs a lot of assistance and needs a lot of help. So yeah. I think you're the perfect person to, to do that. And, you know, who knows, maybe by starting a sibling support group is another way to just, just is a good way to start, I guess, to help people and help kids that are younger than you. And I think that's my, my um, biggest excitement for your interest in doing something like that is Think of yourself at seven years old, eight years old. If you could have had a 15, 20 year old, whatever to say, this is tough right now. Here's, yeah. so here's some things that might help. I've always, like now that I'm older, I've always tried to be the person that I didn't have at times when, you know, I needed it, mm -hmm. you know? And so I try to, you know, like help out. Like I have a little sister and I'm trying to like mm -hmm. be there for her because I didn't really have like a, yeah, you didn't have I, any siblings, really, technically. Yeah, I didn't have a good relationship with my older sister. And 
I don't know, I just want to protect her <laughs> because mm -hmm. of how I grew up and the stress, not just from Skylar, but from other things. I just don't want that to happen. Mm -hmm. So I'm trying to protect her from it. Well, she doesn't know that now, but yeah. Yeah, she's know, just trying to she's referencing her half sister who is significantly six. younger. She's six currently. <laughs> yeah. So she's good. She's lucky to have you as mm -hmm. a protector yeah. of her. Yeah, that's that's good. Um, you know, you you said you're trying to be the person um, for kids who didn't have anyone, like when you needed someone and you didn't have anyone. Do you remember any of the things that you needed someone for, like a, a, a like a teen role model, like that you couldn't come to your mom for or whatever? Not even like my little self, like myself a couple of years ago, people in the same position that I'm in. Mm -hmm. I just want to like, because I know what helps because I'm in, I've been in that position and I am in that position. And so I just always want to be a person that you can trust and that can talk to you mm -hmm. because I mean, I didn't really have like, you know, I don't want to be that friend to the friend that I didn't really have. Mm -hmm. So I always try to be just the best for everybody. Yeah. So I they don't that. have to ever experience what I had to experience for certain things. Those are the things that are so hard on us as parents that, you know, have if, if you only have a couple of children, like I do, um, one significant special needs and, and one neurotypical, it, it still saddens me so much that, I mean, I, I can't help but feel you were cheated. You know, you were cheated out of so many things. Like, mm -hmm. um, again, I mentioned in the book, like, you know, taking you to your freshman orientation for high school really hit me hard. A lot of the milestones you're achieving right now, getting your permit yeah. a few months ago to drive and driving with you, I don't think about those things until they actually happen with you. And then I'm like, oh man, I should have already done this already. And I know what I should do differently yeah. with Kendall the second time around. And everything with you is the first time around. Even school projects that he should have done before you. I mean, I just think about yeah. my sister and I who are 17 months apart. She's older. And so she did every, you know, diorama and every book report <laughs> and every, you know, scientific project and experiment before me and so she could help me like this is what you need to do and this is let me help you and you didn't have any of that you've had to navigate every single thing on your own um, where it comes to school where it comes to just your parents just anything friendships teenage hardships yeah <laughs> puberty emotions yeah. all that stuff boys so there's some of it that i it's yeah, new, but even I'm you still your only girl. I know, regardless. but even that, like, I always wished I had an older brother, and like his friends were all hanging out here, and my friends were all here, and everyone had crushes on everybody. Like, I mean, you know, it just all that stuff uh, that an older brother would protect you and you know look out for you at high school. He would be a senior this year, yeah. and you're a sophomore, and it'd be nice to have an upperclassman brother, like some of your friends. Um, you know, you're in a position that that I was in also all through school. So many of my friends had siblings in my sister's class a year ahead of us. And you have a lot of brother, sister, sister, sister relationships where their siblings are seniors this year, like your brother would be. And they're, you know, friends of yours or whatever in your grade. So seeing that is, is hard on me as a parent. Um, mm -hmm. and I'm sure other parents can relate. It just, I just, I hate it. I just hate that you were cheated out of some of those things. Yeah, it's okay. I mean, it doesn't really bother me all that much because mm -hmm. I've never really experienced it. So it's not like I know what I'm missing out on. 
Yeah. And I survived. So. <laughs> and I survived so far. So far. Still got, still got their warriors. Trying to get through virtual school. Oh, God. <laughs> I go back Tuesday. So we'll see. Oh, nice. Well, that's good. Well, um, is there anything, you know, as we wrap up that you would want to share with, um, you know, parents that have um, neurotypical kids and special needs kids that, um, you know, that you think that they should know about raising a neurotypical child in a, in a family? I mean, just, uh, oh, I'm trying to find a good way to, to phrase this, but just pay attention really to the little signs when they're little because I didn't know I had a lot of like anxiety and certain coping mechanisms that I didn't think about till now that were unhealthy just like look out for that because it could really hurt them later and just make sure just I know you can't really stop the anxiety if it's bad enough but mm -hmm. just try to notice certain things would you, before it's too late. Would you encourage parents to, um, if they do notice anything, or even if they don't, to have constant check-ins? I mean, I always try to sit down with you and talk to you about divorce and talk to you about your brother and talk to you about whatever you wanted, and no question was off the table that you could ask me. Um, do you think that that helped, or you know, I know a lot of kids would probably say, you know, I don't want to talk, just go away. I'm good. Yeah. Um, but if they say they're good, should we take you at your word that you're good or not really? No. <laughs> Teenagers aren't <laughs> honest about that kind of stuff. I'm sorry. I'm exposing all of you. Right uh. now, but, like it's, it's annoying if you're like constantly like, you're okay, but it does help. And we do appreciate it because there are parents who just let things happen and just let their kids fall. And mm -hmm. as annoying as you're going to, as you're going to come across, come across as it's just as long as they know that you care about them mm -hmm. really is it you can save their life truly yeah absolutely it's scary it's a very scary time I mean it's it's hard because we don't want to pressure you guys but we don't want to like you said leave you alone because yeah. terrible things can happen so if you think about it enough you can cause a lot of problems speaking from experience don't just think about things constantly yeah because then you'll you're working on it and that's spiral hard spiral downward without knowing yeah for sure is there anything um too that you would say in your wise 15 years of life that you um have actually taken away as a positive and um you know just some learnings from having a sibling like your brother I mean, I am definitely independent because I've kind of been in my room and just kind of grown up in my room a little bit until, well, not like completely, I'm not like neglected. Okay. That's not what I'm saying. <laughs> I did oh have God. like family time, <laughs> but I do spend a lot of time in my room, especially now, just because I don't really want to be around him because he makes me super anxious. Mm -hmm. So you just, I don't know. I just kind of know how to counsel myself, I guess, right. and take care of myself if I need to. And has he taught you anything? I mean, have you learned anything from just seeing him and the way, the way he struggles or anything at all? And it might not have hit you now. It might hit you when yeah. you're 30. You might go, you know, I really learned X, Y, Z about myself. Yeah. With through Skylar and all the struggles and yeah. the resilience that he has and all of that. So. I am definitely, definitely resilient though. I have mm -hmm. learned that. 
Yeah, I, I would say so. Yeah, for sure. Well, I'm so glad you were willing to, to yeah. be on the podcast and be open and honest. It's hard. It's really it hard. hard to talk about I just would rather not talk about you and, and make assumptions and how you're feeling. Um, and mm -hmm. I'd rather you just speak your own truth. And yeah. Um, yeah. I hope it's helpful to some of the parents who don't know how to approach their kids. Um, you know, clearly you might see them struggling and you're not really sure what to do. I'm still learning. Yeah. <laughs> I definitely don't have it all figured out. I will say one thing that we've implemented recently um, before you went back to school is um, we have more of a time carve out for specific Kendall and mom and Josh time. Yes. So as you know, as soon as you traditionally, when you get home from school, um, we work out together because that's something that we both enjoy doing. Um, we always do that. And then the time that we need to spend helping your brother eat and bathing him and doing all of those things, that's a good time when you go to your room and you do your homework and you read and you do what you need to do. And then as soon as he goes to bed, we have family dinner with the three of us. Mm -hmm. um, because you know he's just not on our schedule. We have to feed him when he's ready. Yeah. So um, and we don't talk about Skylar at all during that time. We talk about you. We talk about your day. We talk about funny things, whatever. Yeah. But we try to keep the conversation a hundred percent away from autism and Skylar and anything having to do with anything other than you. Yeah, it does stress me out talking about autism all the time. Right. I'm sure it does. So yeah. has that helped? Yeah, I mean, we, it just, we're still kind of getting used to it. Mm -hmm. We haven't been doing it for super long now, but it is nice to just have time without him. Yeah. And we're, it's just the three of us. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I was really glad when you were open to doing that. And yeah. I think you even said, like, this is what I've wanted yeah, for so long. Dinner, it so. about broke my heart that yeah. we hadn't done it before. I just, we're always in perpetual motion. Yeah and doing yeah. so many things a million times. I didn't really know anything about family dinners until like elementary school, going to friends' house. I was like, you guys do this every day. <laughs> and then I was like, oh, everybody does this. Cause uh, I mean, I don't have family dinners at my other house. And I think the last family dinner we had was when you were single and we couldn't make our own food. So I had to, you just made me and Skylar, whatever. Yeah. But it is nice. I do like it. Yeah. Well, that's Kind of just makes us feel more normal and yeah, it's nice. It's our I new normal, it. right? It's new normal. <laughs> It'll probably change after that. Uh, I imagine once you get your license, you'll be like, peace out, people. Peace out. <laughs> I don't have time for dinner. I have my friends are waiting on me. <laughs> so I'll savor the moment as long as you will. <laughs> well, Kendall, thanks so much. I love you to pieces love and you you're too. the best kid ever. <laughs> and I, I really appreciate you being open and honest. And, um, you know, if anybody has questions for me about um, just parenting, um, and things that we've tried over the years since Kendall's a little bit older. Um, some of you may have six, seven, and eight-year-olds and, and younger um, that you're just kind of trying to figure all this out and what it will be like in teen years. Please reach out, message me, and, and I'd be willing to share anything that I can that might be helpful. So thanks for listening. Bye. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Living the Sky Life, and we'll tune in for the next episode coming soon. If you haven't already, please subscribe to the Living the Sky Life podcast within Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Play so you'll receive alerts when new episodes are released. Subscribing is the best way to ensure you don't miss a single episode. If you like what you hear, be sure to select the five-star rating, provide feedback, and share Living the Sky Life with others. Thanks again for listening.